operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. Right, we are back and better than ever. As always, I'm Rock. And to my side, the Kenny Rogers to my Dolly Parton, <laughs> Steven. How you doing, my friend? Um, I am doing wonderful. How are, are you, you? Are you coronavirus free? Um, I believe so. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I was going to say, at the... I, I've, ever since I got the flu last year, for the first time ever. Oh, really? I am very, Your first time ever? Yeah. Oh, lucky you. Uh, no, I was not lucky. <laughs> I was knocked out for a good four days. Yeah. And I yeah. just wanted to die yeah. for four days. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, as always, Stephen, you can check us out at our website, comicbookrevolution.com, where Kevin is furiously posting articles. As we speak, he's got his top comic book moments for February 2020. He's mm-hmm. got uh, some C2E2 commentary, Stephen. Uh, one article on X-Men's X of Swords Rise, and another one on a new Silk ongoing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you, another title doomed to be in the, you know, what, 20,000 range by issue number three. Uh, uh, but we will build... That's generous, yes, yeah. Yeah, right. that's generous. <laughs> it will be building to a new spider to the next Spider-Man event, possibly. So anyhow, good stuff to read there. Check us out on our Facebook page, Comic Revolution Facebook page. You can check us out on Twitter at CB Revolution. Check me out on Twitter at Rock2K's Revolution. You, Steven. And you can check me out at President Glover. All right, my friend. Um, you know, Steven, I don't know where it is. <laughs> the past two weeks, news has, uh, has just split the internet apart. Right. In, in our, our little world of geekdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple weeks ago, it was the news that Dan Didio got the boot. Yep. AT&T called him in and said, hit the bricks, pal. Yep. That was the crazy thing that broke the internet. You and I uh, podcasted a couple of days right after that. Yep. That's right. And then, a few days after that, Stephen, mm-hmm. oh, crap, the internet got broken half again. I didn't <laughs> think you could top uh, Dan Didio getting fired in our little world of Geekdom. Mm-hmm. I didn't think you could, you know, any news article would come across the internet topping Dan Didio getting canned, but it did. Yeah. This is even bigger. Bob Iger stepping mm-hmm. down as CEO of Disney and his replacement being announced, one mm-hmm. Bob Chapek. Yeah. Pretty crazy, huh, Steven? Y- yes, I. I have to. You you handed me a big bowl of crow to eat here because you <laughs> had you predicted. Yes, his replacement. Yes, you can go back on the Comic Revolutions podcast, our old episodes. I don't know what exactly which episode it was, yeah. but I have on several older podcasts said mm-hmm. they're replacing him with Bob Chapek. I, yeah. I, I just I saw it coming from a mile away. I'm <laughs> not anything. Plenty of people thought that was the you know a lot of people. I'm not the only one, obviously. A lot of people thought that, oh, they, sure. they were grooming him. Mm-hmm. As a possible replacement, Bob Chapek, since I'm a big Disney Parks addict, I'm familiar with Bob Chapek mm-hmm. a lot more than probably your average Marvel Studios fan would be. Me. Right. Than, than me, yeah. 
<laughs> but I mean, that is some that is some really big news, Stephen. That is some really really big news. Oh yeah. Um, I I was it it took me by surprise. It was very out of the blue. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, everybody knew that Iger was on. His contract runs through the end of 2021. Right. And uh, everyone knows knew that he was probably going to be gone by then. Right. He's, this isn't the first time, by the way, his contract, he had re-upped, he's been saying he's trying to leave Disney for like the past <laughs> six years, Stephen. He keeps saying that, doesn't he? Yeah. And then his, they keep re-upping him for another like two or three year deal. Right. So this has happened several times before. Mm-hmm. But I had a feeling when he re-upped for this newest deal that this really, this really, really was the last one. Yeah, because uh, he re-upped it right as they were buying Fox, right? That's right. That's right. And I think he just wanted to kind of shepherd it. put his name it. on one more thing That's before correct. he left. That's correct. I think he just wanted to shepherd it through. Yeah. And apparently he's, I mean, he's still there. He's just taking a step back. So maybe he's just on basically paid vacation until 2021. But right. Well, interestingly enough, you're right, Stephen, is he is the, he's going to be the chief creative officer. Right. And he's still um, uh, chairman of the board. That is true. I did see. I did see that as well. Right. So he's still got those two positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's definitely not going away at all. I kind of get the feeling um, that his role as executive chairman. And they made a point of saying that as executive chairman, he is going to direct the company's creative endeavors. Right. While kind of um, helping out Bob Chapek adjust to being the CEO to make this a seamless transition. Kind of right. like Iger's there's his training wheels, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my guess. Right. Uh, what's interesting is Chapek, he's, hmm, how do you put it? Chapek is not a, he's not a, he's not from, a, he's not a creative guy. No. He's not from that side of the company. Mm-hmm. Which is which is interesting, you know. Uh, you look at some of Disney's past CEOs. You know, Walt obviously mm-hmm. a visionary, of course, no doubt, highly creative. Mm-hmm. That's that's obvious. Yeah, uh, Michael Eisner mm-hmm. was a, again another visionary, bigger than life, right? Creative type. Uh, matter of fact, a lot of people were like, didn't think Iger had the chops to replace someone who is very larger than life in Eisner. Mm-hmm. Chapek, though, is, I mean, it's kind of like, not a completely perfect analogy, but Bob Chapek kind of reminds me of Tim Cook replacing Steve Jobs. You know what I mean? Tim Cook being the supply line, the supply chain uh, numbers guy, Yeah. while Steve Jobs was the creative salesman visionary guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And Iger for certainly is not a Jobs, no. Jobsian style CEO, but more more of a more of a background on the <laughs> creative visionary side than Bob Chapek ever did. Right, Bob Chapek his his resume, and he's been with Disney for a long time, Stephen, mm-hmm. very long time. He's he was uh, in his past. He has been for the Disney Corporation. Uh, the president of Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, he was president of distribution for the Walt Disney Studios. Mm-hmm. Then in 2011 and 2015, he became president 
of Disney consumer products uh, before they reorganized Disney. You know, it was about a year ago they reorganized Disney. Uh, Disney consumer products was its own division. Right. They, they've reorganized it, so they've lumped consumer products in with the parks and uh, the cruise lines and the resorts to try to mask the uh, the uh, the deficiencies of, of the consumer products, I think, or more tightly, uh, maybe tightly brand uh, merchandise with the parks and the, and the resorts and the mm-hmm. cruises. Whatever. It was separate for its own, but it lets you know what he comes from. He is the guy who's all about, I'm here to, mar- to move merchandise, to figure out how to... Take IP and make money off it. Mm-hmm. That's the kind. That, that's his job. Right. He's the guy there. How can I take your IP and turn that into merchandise and money? Right. <laughs> that's his background. He, so he did that from 2011 to 2015. Then he became the chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts 2015 to 2018. That is, Stephen, when I got to know Bob Chapin. I, I don't mean to know. I don't personally. I do not know the man at all. No. Not work for Disney mm-hmm. Corporation. I own stock in Disney Corporation. Right. I follow them very carefully. Mm-hmm. As carefully as. And a stockholder could, okay. Yes. I have no insight <laughs> to the corporate inner workings of a of a business. And for me to tell you who is a good executive and who isn't, I, it would be foolish. I'm not inside the building. I can just tell you what I see, obviously. You know, you can I can tell you what's in the shareholder report and what I see. Right. But Chapek, <laughs> that's when he became on my radar, Stephen, because as I've said, I'm a Disney Parks fanatic. I've been going right. to Disney Parks since I was six years old. It's something I love and adore. When I say I'm a Disney fan, some people, when they say they're a Disney fan, that means they're a fan of Disney movies or Marvel movies. No, no. When I say I'm a Disney fan, it's because I'm a fan <laughs> of the Disney Parks right. and resorts. Yeah. That's what I love. And that's a different animal than Disney Studios. It really is a different animal. Anyhow, Chapek, Stephen, as the head of the Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, this is I can tell you what I saw while okay. he was the president. Oh, wow. uh, sorry, chairman of sure. the Parks and Resorts at Disney World. I saw uh, quality take a serious dip. I saw uh, quality of cast members took a serious dip. Mm-hmm. They increased the number of college program cast members. College program being kids who are in college. Can you know spend like a year in Disney working, right? And right. Get, and uh, while while they're in college and take little classes, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And uh, interns. Yeah, and and they're cheaper, <laughs> obviously, than the than the uh, than the full time uh, regular cast members, mm-hmm. right? Cheaper than the union cast members that are mm-hmm. out there as well. Not all of them are union, but some of them are. Uh, cheaper than the talent, mm-hmm. okay? The, i.e., the uh, entertainers and right. Easier to, to abuse yes. and to get rid of if they complain about it. Yes, and they're only there for a year. That's right. And they're cycled in and out, so you don't pay them much. Yep. They're very cheap. And th- some of those, I, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, some of the cast members through the college program are really good cast members. Oh, sure. And some aren't. The quality mm, yeah. is not there. <laughs> the quality was higher when they had more cast members that weren't part of the college program. Mm-hmm. The quality was just higher. I mean, you're just getting you're getting somebody who's getting paid more, who views it as a career, who's a little bit older. It's just a different animal. So it it became an overliance on the college program, right? So the quality uh, in cast member it used to be in Disney World for those who have never been, the quality of service was par was just on a different level, bar none, the best you would ever get. Mm-hmm. Their resorts, the best ever. They're the best customer service, the best uh, cleanest 
Uh, you could eat off the floor of their bathrooms. Um, <laughs> it, 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 the, the quality of the accommodations, the parks were pristine. You would never see so much as a gum wrapper on mm-hmm. the ground. It was stunning. Right. That was the legendary customer service, cleanliness, and quality of accommodations that you would get that, just, quite frankly, set Disney World apart from any other resort, period, end of story. It was just the best. Under Chapek, it all went downhill. Bathrooms yeah. got dirtier. Things weren't being cleaned as often. Garbage cans weren't being emptied as often. And the reason why, Stephen, because he was cutting back on the number of cast members mm-hmm. because he wants to save money. Because right. Chapek's job is to increase profits. You can increase profits two ways. Right. One, Keep your service the way it is and increase the price, mm-hmm. or keep the price the way it is and decrease your service. Right. Unfortunately, Chapek took the approach of increase the price and decrease the service. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm not a fan of the guy. Okay. You yeah. can do one of the two, but you can't do both. Mm-hmm. All right. You can't do both. And when you are running something that is has the legendary reputation mm-hmm. of quality, cleanliness, and customer service that Disney parks have. You can't do that. If you want to increase your profits, then you raise the price. And, t- and take the slings and arrows. Look, they've been raising the prices anyway. So oh, yeah. the way I look at it is if, if, <laughs> if you're going to do that, if you're going you're to raise the prices no matter what, then keep this quality of service high because at least people will feel like, well, you know, it sucks to keep going up in, in price, but you know what? I'm getting what I pay for mm-hmm. versus lowering the quality of service. And people going, well, damn, I'm paying more and I'm getting less. Mm-hmm. That's my problem with Chapek. And you saw that all across the parks from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. From top to bottom. It was all about cutting back on the staff, using as cheap a staff as possible, and then cutting back on them, and then letting the cleanliness and the services all drop. Mm-hmm. And charge more money for it. And it's just, it's, mm-hmm. I was not impressed by this guy at yeah. all. It was, it was palpable. And you can talk to any Disney Parks fan, they will tell you this. It was a palpable difference mm-hmm. when Chapek took over. It really was. That doesn't inspire confidence. In me, Stephen, at least. I know running a studio is not the same as running a park and resorts, oh, but, sure. but it's a reflection on the man well, and his view. Yeah. The, so he's not what you would call, he's not a, a you got to spend money to make money kind of person. Right. And I mm-hmm. think you saw that with a lot of uh, Disney, for example, mm-hmm. the man himself. He firm he was firmly in the camp of you got to spend money to make money and he spent a lot of money went in debt a lot of times <laughs> and then hit it big yeah and made the money he was a firm believer of you don't cut corners you don't spare a penny mm-hmm. and that's the difference you know Eisner yep. was that way until the downturn in in in, in yeah. the economy when he lost his uh, when he lost his Roy. Right when he lost so Frank speak. Wells, Frank yeah. Wells was his was his Roy Disney, and you're mm-hmm. right, that was his Roy Disney. When he lost Frank Wells, uh, things took a turn. Yeah. When he had Frank Wells, though, they would spend money. Mm-hmm. They would spend some money. Um, but anyhow, Chapek, it just does you. It gives you an insight of how he runs things, how he views things. Also, under Chapek was a massive infusion of IP, massive infusion of IP, and. Uh, uh, in 2018 and 2020, he became chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products. That's when they reorganized it. Right. And so it, they gave him consumer products because that's really what his, his specialty is. So merging the two together worked for him. But, Stephen, also in the parks, it's all about IP. They, they got rid oh, of all yeah. the original rides. You know, and Disney used to have tons of original rides. Mm-hmm. Jungle Cruise was original before that. <laughs> it still is original. just has, now they made a movie. Uh, right. You know. <laughs> but there was tons. Like in Epcot in particular, you had all sorts of, you know, uh, you know, educational entertainment, edu edutainment. 
<laughs> rides, you know, and universe of energy and, yeah. and the land and the seas and all this really cool, you know, pavilions mm-hmm. dedicated to education and, and, and really, you know, kind of like uh, world's fair kind of stuff. Right. And what did he do? Out goes, uh, universe of energy in comes guardians of the galaxy. Yep. Uh, you see it over and over. The, the Hollywood's Tower of Terror out in Disneyland, that went away and got replaced by Gardens of the Galaxy. Right. Uh, they, they tore out in Epcot. They tore out uh, Norway's Ride, which was a pretty cool ride, you know, about Norse gods and everything. Mm-hmm. It was a great ride. And they tore that out and put in a frozen ride. So you're seeing it just, he's like, out with the original stuff and with some kind of IP. He just, he, he shoved IP mm-hmm. down your throat. and I get there's always been IP when Disneyland was first built, Cinderella's Castle because the movie, mm-hmm. uh, uh, not Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. Sorry, Cinderella's in Disney World. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty's Castle because Sleeping Beauty was coming out. Yeah. So he wanted synergy. His new park with the new movie he was making. So it's always been there. But oh sure. Under, under Chapek, he took what you know may have been there at a level seven mm-hmm. and cranked it up to eleven. Yeah. You know what I mean. And everything started to feel like a cash grab, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Everything felt like a cash grab to me. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I understand that it's all technically Disney, but I mean, to be fair, it's something it's a difference between Sleeping Beauty and then, you know, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, you know, there's something that was generated from right Disney itself, right. and then there right. was well, Bob bought this, so right. we we're gonna shove it, to put everywhere. it in there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you know, I'm not, I don't have a high opinion of this guy. Mm-hmm. At all, and I, I, what my concern is, is that he is going to value. And again, I get it. It's a publicly traded company, and CEOs are there to make money. I understand mm-hmm. that. I'm not saying he's not supposed to do that. I'm right. not. But again, going back to either you raise prices and keep service awesome, mm-hmm. or you lower prices and you lower the service, but you can't do both. And that's my problem. I feel like Stephen, he is going to reduce the consumer experience and increase the charge as much as possible Mm -hmm. that is my concern and i also do not think he's a visionary in the least bit i do not think he's a creative type in the least bit and i don't think i think if you're the ceo of disney Mm -hmm. you need to be a visionary you don't have to be walt disney that's asking probably (laughs) too much there's those people are very rare okay walt disney's don't come along that often Mm -hmm. all right and if they do they probably start in their own company Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm not saying you have to have another Walt Disney, but mm-hmm. you need to have someone who is some kind of visionary, mm-hmm. someone who has some type of creative mind and, and creative spirit to them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he has that. And I think Disney has, of course, always been about making money, but I think it has become more and more ruthless mm-hmm. about this is all that matters and we're not going to put forth any effort to make anything creative yeah like what Walt Disney may have done mm-hmm. or or what Eisner did with the with the um you know with the Disney decade under Eisner when you mm-hmm. had Little Mermaid and remember cuz remember Disney was dead before Eisner oh, got yeah. there it was mm-hmm. dead Disney animation was dead and then Eisner got there and you got Little Mermaid and you got Beauty and the Beast and you got Aladdin and you got the Lion King Lion King mm-hmm. uh, you got all these huge movies so you can be all about making money, Eisner for certain was, and still be creative and make great things. Yeah. And I don't think Disney has done that in a long time. I think Disney's gotten very formulaic, mm-hmm. has gotten very creatively lazy, has gotten very mercenary. Mm-hmm. And I think Chapek is just another step in that direction. And that's what bothers me. Yeah. And the 
it doesn't help that the his training wheels is the person who kind of made it absolutely like that. Yeah. So you've got two people who are all about the money, basically running the company. Yeah. Together. Right. <laughs> Except, right. I mean, Bob was not afraid to spend some money. No, 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 so, no. Iger would spend, would drop some serious coin. Uh, yeah. And Chapek is cheap. Yes. That's my concern. And yeah, because, I mean, it's been interesting for me because I've just kind of asked some people that I knew who were also Disney people, people who are my age who surprisingly know a lot about Disney. Like, well, you know, what do you think <laughs> about this guy? It's like, I don't like him. I don't like people who are cheap running, especially a company like Disney. I mean, the Thank money you. they make on the movies alone is just like, why do you have to cut corners? Look at all this money that you make. I mean, right. come on. And it, it, it really just makes it look more like... Like you said, like they're just about the money. They don't care about right. anything else. They just whatever they can do to rake in the cash and not put it and put as little amount of effort into it as possible. Right. So it's not just me who has that opinion of them. There, no. I mean, it, just just what people think. I'm not the only one who has that view of Chapek. No, he's rubbed a lot of Disney fans, longtime Disney fans, that way. Right. Uh, abs- yep. Absolutely. And even hearing some coverage, just like yeah. Um, Bob Iger, he's doing this, and he did all this, and even the people that love him, right. like Chapek, it's like, but really, if you look at the parks and blah blah blah, it's gone really downhill. So I mean, there's just, I guess there's just no escaping the the bad press about him. But right, it, they're not they're not going to change their mind unless he's an interim CEO. But they didn't say that. But didn't. That's right. So exactly. I don't know. I feel like he's. Um, I I'm I would well if I was actually concerned <laughs> I would right. be concerned right but then again I don't know I don't know if I think Disney's too big to fail pretty much like it's going to take a I, long sustained downturn to really make them go yeah maybe we should do something about this I would agree so I I, I would agree I think it's going to take a lot for them to um it's going to take a lot for them to fail yeah it, especially it, at this point good lord yeah ab- absolutely. <laughs> Um. All right. Well, with that out of the way, Stephen, that that mm-hmm. that you know, it is it is what it is at this point. Yeah. With that bombshell. <laughs> right. With that bombshell. Boom. Um. Also in the news, we'll we'll hit before we get to C two E two. That's really what I want to talk about. Sure. There's not a lot to talk about C two E two, but there's one thing I wanted to get you. I wanted to. I wanted to get your reaction to. First, before we get there, there's a little bit of movie news. Sure. Stephen. A little bit of movie news, and Stephen. Yes. Indiana Jones 5. That's right. Spielberg out. Mm-hmm. Logan director, James Mangold, maybe in. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that, Stephen? Um, well. I know you like James Mangold. I do like James Mangold a lot. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that, that Spielberg is out. I know that... I figured I think I feel like the whole reason he wanted to do this was to redeem himself from the Crystal Skull. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. All right, sure. let's just make, right. let's actually end right. it on a good note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I I really like James Mangold. I think he's he's a he's a very talented director, he's a very versatile director, right. and he right. can do lots of different stuff. And mm-hmm. I would like to see what he would do with Indiana Jones. I just I, f- I have the fear that because it's a hot IP that Disney bought, right. that they are going to try to micromanage him. Right. And I don't think he's one of those directors who would 
take kindly to that. He doesn't seem like it to me. He's a pretty hands-on guy. He's a oh, hands-on yeah. director. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, you know yeah, what you're he, getting with that. Yep, he's very hands-on. He he writes a lot of his movies. Right. So I don't know. It's we. I will be very surprised if he winds up as a director. It's like here talking about Sam Raimi doing Doctor Strange. Like, are you sure? Right. Right. That yeah, interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that pans yeah. out. But if it does, if he does do it, then I'll be excited to see what he does. I agree. For I agree. Sure. I, I, I totally agree. He's he's very good. Uh, other movie news, Stephen. There's a rumor. Who knows how how tr- how good this rumor is, Stephen? Yeah. There is a rumor that none other than Wolverine will be introduced in Captain Marvel two. But that's not all, Stephen. Right. My best Billy Mays impersonation for you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but wait, there's but wait, more. There's more Steven. <laughs> Wolverine will be played by none other than Henry Cavill. Superman himself, Steven. What do you think about that? I don't buy it, personally. You're not buying it. I don't buy it. Okay. So you say this is BS. Yeah. I'd, okay. It's, uh, what a random place to introduce... The mo- one of the most popular, if not the most popular Marvel character ever. Right. Well, okay, maybe most popular behind Spider-Man. Right, right, right. And just throw him in Captain Marvel 2, which is how far off? Right. He's, I don't. I bet Kevin Feige has not even actually sat down and thought about that movie. Uh, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> probably I not. mean, there's people making the deals to have a director or whatnot, but I don't think he's actually really thought about it. He's got a whole bunch of other stuff to do. Right. I don't think you're going to have Wolverine in there. Now, that's the same thing about having Rogue. Is like, are, you, is, are the X-Men like the villains of this movie or something? Because mm-hmm. I don't think people would go for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we will see. Right. <laughs> do, do, do you... Uh, do you like? Th- let's say it is true. Okay. Let's say it's it is not, true. But let's pretend just, it just is. Just for shits and giggles. <laughs> Would you like Henry Cavill as Wolverine? Um. That's a good question. Um, I still have not watched The Witcher yet, so I don't know how he does playing a gruff kind of right s- solid right like stoic character right um i he was he was he was great in mission impossible as the villain right i thought but i don't know for what they're gonna want from wolverine especially after what hugh jackman brought to the character i don't know if he could deliver that okay i just haven't seen enough that says that's wolverine right then again it's gonna be tough to make people forget about Hugh Jackman. Apparently they have they have asked him to come back. Really? Yeah. He's got to be what about 51? Yep. 52, well, they asked him like and that? they asked Charles and that Charles um they asked uh Patrick Stewart as well. Right. So, um I I don't know where I think they realize how how difficult it's going to be to replace him as Wolverine. Right. So I don't know if they would. I don't know if they would. They would take a risk on. Well, we're gonna cast Superman right. as Wolverine. Right, right. Yeah, it's that's one of those you gotta be very careful with right. if you're gonna make it work. Well, it, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's you know they you know of course everyone goes oh, Wolverine should be short and stocky and whatever. 
Hugh Jackman's not short. He's six no, two. No, he's, he's six not. foot two. <laughs> Cavill is about the same height. He's got to be six one six two. Yeah, as well. He's probably bigger, but somehow. Cavill's bigger. <laughs> Cavill's about two ten, and Jackman's I think around one seventy five, one eighty. So Cavill's thicker. I would say this though, Stephen. Initial, if I hadn't seen The Witcher, mm-hmm. I'd have said never. Right. No way you could have it. After having watched The Witcher, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Henry Cavill shows a different side in The Witcher. Mm-hmm. He could play Wolverine. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I, I, Stephen, honestly, before I saw The Witcher, no way in hell I would have ever said that. Yeah. No way. <laughs> Seeing The Witcher really changed my opinion. Okay. All, All right. right. Other movie news, Stephen. All right. This from DC. Of course. More rumors. More rumors. More rumors, Stephen. Yes. Are you ready? Okay. There's a rumor. That DC wants to make a Bane movie. Mm. Or Warner, sorry, wants to make a Bane movie. Right. Right? And that they want him to be Latino. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Well, that makes sense because yeah. that's what he is. Yeah, he's <laughs> um, And so the Latin star attached, supposedly, to supposedly. this one. I'm not buying this one to either, Stephen. supposed movie. Pedro Pascal. Who's already the Mandalorian and Maxwell Lord in Wonder Woman 1984? Yeah, I'm not. If you cast this guy as Maxwell Lord, you're not casting him as Bane. No, he's not, you're not. You know, Pedro Pascal is also rumored to be in Disney Plus's uh, Moon Knight. Really? And Craven the Hunter. And- this guy can't be everything. Can you find some other? I like Pedro Pascal. Don't get me wrong; he's great. He's fantastic. I love him. He's, yeah. he's a really good actor. But can you find somebody else out there? <laughs> uh, the, well, he's the Latin flavor of the month. He so. is. He is. Another name that's been uh, rumored for Bane. He's not Hispanic though. Mm. Uh, is uh, Dave Batista? He does look like well, Bane. Do, yeah, I was gonna say, he but he's could. not Latin, and so I think in this day and age, you best stick with a Latin actor. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of those ones where it's not. It's not. It's not political correctness. It's just that's what the character is. Right. You know, you might as well, you got to stick with that. Right, right. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Yes. That's really it for for uh, movie news. C2E2 is really what I want to look at. There's not mm-hmm. a lot came out of C2E2. Let's talk about a few things that came out of C2E2, Stephen, then go to the main thing I want to talk to you from C2E2. All right. Right. Uh, Marvel announced a few things mm-hmm. at C2E2. One of them being, Stephen, this got me very excited okay. for several reasons. Right. Okay. <laughs> Marvel will be publishing an Ultraman comic. Yep. I am a huge right. fan of Ultraman. I am a I'm a kaiju addict. Mm-hmm. I love you know, I I'm a huge fan of of manga. Godzilla. I mean yeah, I'm a huge the... fan of anything kaiju. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of um Sentai. Yeah. Series as well. I like manga. I like anime. I love all that stuff. Mm-hmm. If it's from Japan, I'm going to like it. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> I like their choice of writers for the project mm-hmm. based on this guy's past. They tabbed Kyle Higgins to write Ultraman. Stephen, I think this is smart because Kyle Higgins, I thought, mm-hmm. and I think you agree, did a brilliant job writing Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. Brilliant job. And Power Rangers mm-hmm. is probably the. The ultimate Sentai uh, series, <laughs> right? I would, I would, I would say it is. Yes. Indeed. So, uh, you know, they, they, that, that's that's where 
that, that's the be all and end all right there. The fact that he did such an amazing job with Power Rangers, Steven, makes me think he will understand Ultraman, respect the Japanese traditions for their style of superhero and their genre. And I think he'll do it. He'll do it justice and do it respectfully rather than Americanizing it. Yeah, I absolutely 100% agree with that. I mean, Power Rangers is the Americanized version of Sentai. Of Sentai. Obviously. But I think that what he did with it is he well, he took it seriously. Yes. Which is important. Very important. So many people take it as like, well, it's... It's a punchline. It's a punch. It's a joke. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not yeah. really that serious. But he took it seriously, but he delivered on everything that you wanted from yep. Power Rangers. Yep. And so, I mean, I can't... You could put him on any property, and I would be excited for it. I think he's really he's really fantastic. I agree. Yeah. Uh, also, Marvel announced Steven. Oh, yes. Lord. Uh-oh. Oh, no. We are getting yes. an X-Men crossover. Of course. Of course we are. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Ow, it only ow. took <laughs> uh, two months. Yay. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, it's just, they just, they, Marvel just can't help themselves. <sighs> the new... The new crossover will be accompanying Steven. Yes. A whole slew of new titles. Of course. Of course. You can't have a no, massive yep. crossover without some more X titles. That's right. Come on. Yes. I mean, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, like a, there's too much is never enough for Marvel. Yeah, it's like You're, a like a kid at a candy store yes. or a crack addict <laughs> at, a, the at a candy store. <laughs> right, right. So along with the new series of Hellions, Cable, X-Factor, and Children of the Atom, you right. will get this big, huge crossover, Stephen, of X of Swords. Swords of X. Yes. What? <laughs> it's just Swords of X. It's oh, okay. Swords, Swords of, of X. X. I was going to say X of Swords and then Swords of X. I was like, that's not the title, is it? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, Hickman referred to it as X of Swords, but mm. all the articles have referred to it as Swords of X. So, Whatever. Hickman can call it whatever the hell he wants. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's going to be a 15-part crossover led by Jonathan Hickman that will tie into every X-Men title. All of them. Right. Uh, he will be assisted in this endeavor, mm -hmm. and he'll be assisted by Teeny Howard. Trini? Oh. Teeny? Trini, Trini, Tr Tr no, Trini. Trini is on Power Rangers. <laughs> oh my god, I got Power Rangers stuck in my head, don't I? Yeah. Uh, anyhow, what do you think? Um. Well, if Jonathan Hickman's name is on it, I am usually always going to be on board. Um. I think I have picked up everything that he's ever written because I think he's fantastic. So of course I am like, oh, okay, cool. He's he's getting another event. That's awesome. Um. I um <laughs> let me give you let me give you a little 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 okay, let's a little, put little, tease. Little, little more tease on Steven. All right. The story will revolve around 10 mutants who will wield legendary swords from the Marvel universe, some of which already have their own reputations, um. and they'll be fighting a mysterious threat. So you'll have Hickman, he's the head man in charge, mm -hmm. being assisted by Teeny Howard, right. who's writing Excalibur. Hickman can do no wrong. Yes. Howard has yet to impress me. Yeah. Her writing is just not that good. Mm -hmm. She's not a comic book writer. No. Again, Marvel just likes to pull people who are not comic book writers and put them and give them work. And I get why they do it. 
there's got to be better choices though yeah. to achieve what they're trying to do. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> there just there just has to be. I agree. Anyhow, that eh, okay, whatever. It's it it it's a big math for me. But what do you think? Um, I mean, I'll I'll go with anything that Hickman Hickman's on. So I'll be excited about that. Um, all these a thousand spinoff titles, probably not. Um, and um, I am putting a moratorium on reading. X-Men titles that are not the regular ones because I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't take any more bad X-Men comics. You just can't take it's it. It's just so, it's just so sad. It was so good. And some of the stuff is still good, but yes. it's like, yes, Marvel just stop, please. Yeah. They take a good thing and they just got to boy, they just can't, they just cannot help themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's a hot property. What It's like, I, I get it if like if they had like all these thousands of movies planned, but they don't. So right. why are you making us suffer through yep. this crap? Yep. Ugh. So we, we we shall see. We shall yeah, see. We shall see. I mean, Hickman rarely lets me down, Stephen. True. He rarely lets me down. That's so true. Because of that, I, I will keep my I'll keep keep hope alive. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, dear, <laughs> that's about all I had from Marvel. That's about all they had, really. Right. It it, it really wasn't. It really wasn't a lot. No. Now, DC had a... F- didn't... Honestly, Stephen, DC didn't have much either. <laughs> as far as real, you know... Real news, yeah. Real, real news. anything. Right. It's not surprising. Right. At least to me, because I feel like they're probably scrambling to uh, decide what they're going to do. Right. Well, they did announce right... At, I mean, just like a few days before C2E2, they announced that they canceled the Meet the Publishers panel. Right. Okay. Which, okay, that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jim Lee spoke, and well, yeah, he unveiled the fact, Stephen, that he's going forward as the sole publisher. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, there'll be no replacement for Dan Didio. He's just going for it. I'll, I'll give you the exact words of, of Jim Lee. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, what's, what's crazy though, Stephen, is this is what bothers me. They canceled the Meet the Co Publishers panel on Friday. Just because Didio gets fired, mm-hmm. if you're keeping Jim Lee, why didn't you just have Jim Lee do that? If Jim Lee is going to be your publisher going forward, your long term solution going forward right and you're not going to license your characters to marvel or disney and you're going to keep publishing them Mm. and he's your man going forward the man with the plan why wouldn't he just do the the meet the publisher panel right that to me steven is a red flag maybe i'm reading into it to me that's a red flag that if you had confidence if at&t had confidence in jim lee as mm-hmm. the man mm-hmm. going forward yeah. for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. why wouldn't he handle that panel and come out strongly and definitively mm-hmm. planting the DC's flag on the mountaintop for everyone to see? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't that have happened? I think it's before I get your take on it, Stephen, I'll give okay. you the actual words from Jim Lee. Sure. Is what Jim Lee said. Quote, 
Let me start by saying, to address some of the stuff that's out there, there are rumors. There's been some speculation out there. DC's been around for 85 years, and we're going to be around for another 85 years. Well, that, that means nothing, Stephen. That, that statement right there says nothing. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you, could, you could license all your characters mm-hmm. out and still be around. Mm-hmm. That, doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Well, you can still get a paycheck. Right. <laughs> uh, the actual strategy of DC is to put publishing at the center of everything we do. The comics are the engine that drives all of DC's entertainment output. Again. Okay. Yeah, you could license out the publishing of your comic books. Mm -hmm. Keep the movie rights. That that says nothing. Yeah. That's a nothing statement. Yeah. So he's basically talking like a corporate person. Oh, yeah. And it continues. Yeah. It's my intent going forward as the publisher to lean on the experience of our staff. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've worked with these people for years now, and we know the business inside and out. It's hard for me to talk about things we haven't announced, but I know we've teased some things out. Okay. Our intent is not to do a line-wide reboot. Our focus is to continue what we've done best, pairing characters with great creators and continue to make diverse and amazing stories that you guys love. We're telling stories about characters that can fly and going into other dimensions. It should be a lot of fun. Okay. That well, the only that says nothing to yeah. me. Yeah, that, the... that statement says nothing <laughs> to me, Stephen. It's a bunch of corporate yeah. speak. Mm-hmm. It says nothing. Yeah. What, 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 what's well, your take? Well, I mean, having followed stuff like this, and especially in especially in the film business, you see this a lot. It, this is this is always what they say. It's standard. I I kind of laughed laughing hearing it because it's just such a carefully it's like they put it in a generator and spit it out you know right. it's it's one of those ai projects where they subjected them to a lot of corporate speech and had them print one right and this is pretty much what that is um yep. the only thing that's relatively even remotely oh that i guess that's something that they're trying to tell us is that they said they're not doing another reboot but at the same time that doesn't mean well, it's not technically a reboot if we age everybody. Right. You know? Right. So, I don't know. It's, um, I honestly, I think there's there's three possibilities here. And um, only three. So, if you have a fourth one, then you're wrong. <laughs> um, the first one is that, that, this is, that this is what we're seeing. That Jim Lee is going to be the guy going forward. Um, and I think that that's the case. This ties into two of the things. The first one is that AT&T thinks that he is uh, bendable and will do whatever they want. Right. Which is uh, not a bright future for me. And now right. it might it might cancel the 5G thing that we think is terrible. Right. But any initiative moving forward is not, that doesn't inspire any kind of confidence. Right. Because it's just executives who know nothing about comics meddling in the business because they can and that that very rarely works. Actually, I don't think it's ever worked. At least not in this right. business. <laughs> right. So that's terrible. The second one is that um, that he, despite what he says, they are just going to license it out, and that he may have some part of it, but it's ultimately going to be at Marvel or some publishing house somewhere, and he's he's just the guy. He's the guy on the face. That, hey, it's Jim Lee, but right. somebody else is really in charge. Right. Um, the third thing, and 
I have a feeling this is the most accurate, is that, yes, they're going to keep publishing it, but they're going to stick with one publisher, but it's not going to be Jim Lee, and he is going to get canned, and somebody else is going to take his place. Interesting. Yes. Okay. What do you think is the most likely result here? Um, my gut tells me that he is going to get canned, and they are going to replace him with someone else. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. And... Do you think 5G is still on as they as Dan, Dan Didio originally envisioned it? No. You don't think so? I still don't believe so. I think that that's the reason that he was fired. You think so? Yes. I think somebody sounded the alarm. Right. And he was fired. So you don't think he was fired just because of inter-office politics? I and mean, not being it, nice to people? That may, have been part, that may have been the excuse. Okay. Like, that's something they could use like to sell to the public. Right. And not, okay, we're having a panic attack about this thing that he wants to do um because there are there always has to be that in in corporate politics right um so i yeah i don't think that it's going forward like that i think that's um they're probably scrambling to rework the last part of it um and we'll we'll i mean it's it's possible they could go forward but i there's no way they would have fired him if they were just going to do what he wanted Right. There's just no way. I, I would agree with you. And, I, you know, the whole statement by Jim Lee, to me, I found it to be very uninspiring. Yes. Very, very uninspiring, mm-hmm. given all that has happened. If, if AT&T fires the top guy at D.C. and Dan Didio, who's been there forever, and doesn't make a comment, Stephen, after they fire him. Right. At all. And Didio doesn't say anything either, Stephen. So you know there's some type of non-disclosure agreement going on there. Mm-hmm. Okay, doesn't say anything. And the top talent at DC, i.e., Jeff Johns, right. Scott Snyder, don't really say anything. To and then you get the rumors of is is DC going to be sold? Is DC going to be spun off? Are they going to license out the DC characters to Disney to publish them? Right. All these rumors, okay, you take all this into consideration. Longtime person like Didio, very powerful, being fired out of nowhere. All the rumors about DC either being sold, closed, or, or, or licensed out. Mm-hmm. You, in order to calm fears of the employees mm-hmm. and to set the message to your consumer. Right. I would think you would want your guy to come out there mm-hmm. and to plant DC's flag at the top of the mountain and say, this is who we are. Right. This is what we represent. Mm-hmm. This is what we are going to do mm-hmm. and make no bones about it and come out strong right. and forceful to show everyone we are in charge. Mm-hmm. We have a plan. Yep. We are going to execute our plan and mm-hmm. we are going to succeed. You didn't get any of that. No. You got a generic, mealy-mouthed, corporate script. Yep. That's what you got. Mm-hmm. That doesn't inspire confidence in anyone. Not no. the consumer, not the investor, not the, not the employees. Right. And I think also by rolling Jim Lee out there to give this, well, also blunts 
AT&T trying to establish that we've seen a problem and we're addressing it and we're fixing it and we're going to move forward and we have a plan for success. Right. The reason why it doesn't work with him because he's been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's been there since 1998, Stephen. Yep. He's been there. He's just as – I know he may not be. Dan Didio may have had a more of an active role. He's still culpable. He's co publisher mm-hmm. i don't care if he's not in charge of big events i don't care you're co-publisher mm-hmm. you get the title co-publisher you shoulder some of the blame mm-hmm. that's just how it is okay you're culpable yep to some degree or not mm-hmm. and to roll the same guy out there the guy who's been there for since 1998 mm-hmm. to roll the guy that has been for 22 years to give this mealy mouth statement yep. of corporate speak does nothing mm-hmm the fact that it, that's that's like a bad NFL team, you know, who's had a crappy head coach for ten years. And everyone wants him fired, wants him fired, wants him fired, mm-hmm. and they finally fire him, and then they send the offensive coordinator, yeah, who's been with that head coach for the past ten years, while the yeah. team has sucked ass, right? Mm-hmm. And the, and that offensive coordinator goes, "All right, guys, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've been assistant head coach, I've been the assistant head coach and offensive coordinator for Coach X for the past ten years, and mm-hmm. and." Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm now, I'm now, I'm now just going to be the head coach. No longer the assistant head coach. I'm now going to be the head coach. And um, you know, uh, our organization has been here since uh, you know the '30s, and we're going to continue to be here. Would the fans of the NFL team be excited? No. No. Yeah. They would go crazy. Mm-hmm. That's the same vibe I got from this. Yeah. It's uh, well, I've watched enough Kitchen Nightmares to know <laughs> that even if the owners are terrible. And are kind of ruining things for the cook. The the chef still bears some of the blame, right, for making crappy food. Right, it's just how it is. Right, and Jim Lee is the cook, right, <laughs> who makes crappy food. Right. So yeah, that that, that I something's going on there, Stephen. Uh, yeah, that, that was not a forceful statement. That nope. was not an inspiring statement. That was that was just corporate speak. It was ve- it was very very uninspiring. Yeah, that uh, um, wow. That reads as the please don't fire me speech. Yeah, that reads mm-hmm. as uh, as AT and T hasn't decided what they want to do, so they put the intern head coach. You know, you get the yeah. intern head coach label. Yeah, that's Jim Lee. He's the intern head coach. Mm-hmm. At least it feels like it to me. It does. I f- I. F- I don't know. I just get the feeling that part of the silence is because some people know and they just can't say anything. Yep. And we're just waiting for the the other shoe to drop, so yep. to speak. Yep. Because I mean, if they fired Didio on set if they were to I don't know, I feel like they fire him and then they fire Jim Lee right after, it makes it seem like it's more unstable. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I don't know. It's I think I think it's a corporate a corporate tactic that they're doing. Yep. It's. it's I don't uh, think this don't is the know. end of it, Stephen. Oh, I don't think so either. I think I think I think he's going to be fired, or he is going to be fired from that position, right? And he's just going to go back to being just an artist for them, or something like that. What do you think they're going to do with five G? What's your gut telling you? What do you think? Um, my gut is telling me that. Now I know what I would like for them to do, which is just. <laughs> Make it a issue spotlighting the the heroes of tomorrow, like right. the Legion, or right. um, I think it's just I think it's just, just the Legion. Legion. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe like Justice Legion Alpha or whatever. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, my gut tells me that they are man. I feel like they're gonna they're gonna spin it into another kind of event. It's just not going to be 
what they said. I think that's right. part of the panic because it's it's relatively easy to just okay, we'll just write an issue about the future, right? You know, right. and maybe it'll right. it'll boost those sales somehow. Um, and not likely, but you know, it, it's a spotlight. It's a big event, a big event, quote unquote, and they're in it. So whatever. But I feel like if we're if they're having all this shadowy stuff, that they're trying to spin it into something that they can market as another big event. Right. Well, so. the last bit of news, Stephen. Maybe this yes. will this will color your opinion of what five G is going to what they're going to do with five G. Okay. The last bit of news is Scott Snyder came out to talk a little bit about death metal, mm-hmm. and he said he's billing it as it's a six issue big event. Right. Begins in May. Sure. And he's billing it as the anti crisis. Mm-hmm. saying that rather than remaking some aspects of DC continuity, it would reconcile DC's various errors into one narrative. I love, love, yeah. love this, Stephen. It is so, it is easy. It is sometimes creatively lazy, but certainly much, much easier for a writer to destroy. Oh, yeah. Than it is, than it is for a writer to create, Yeah, to reconcile, mm-hmm. to connect, and that Snyder is taking the hard route versus mm-hmm. the easy route is just what sets him apart, quite frankly, from so many other writers. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I loved, I loved seeing this. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing it. And essentially, they're going to, Snyder's like, look, we're going to take everything from, you know, from Doomsday Clock to, to Crisis on Infinite Earths and mm-hmm. several more big events, and we're connecting all together. Yep. All right, well, now you have Snyder telling you this is the anti-crisis. He is going to be reconciling mm-hmm. different eras of the DCU into one cohesive narrative, touching on various big events. Right. Take that into consideration and the fact that Snyder, it's been known now, had huge arguments with Dan Didio. Mm-hmm. Huge about 5G. Yep. And that he used his sway at DC to have his big event, Death Metal, have nothing to do with 5G. Right. Does the fact that this big event, Death Metal, is reconciling different eras to create one cohesive narrative Mm -hmm. and that it is separate from 5G, does that make you believe that maybe this becomes the path forward and not 5G? Yes. Um... Because I think, and this is this is purely just in practical terms, not creative terms. It is right. the easiest path to do. If this, if if five G was supposed to be parts of the timeline right. explored, and right. then the future, it is very easy to say, okay, well, he's reconciling the stuff. Just change little aspects of what we got coming out, and then the fifth one is the future or the next big event. Whatever, everything's tied together. Everything's one whole thing. Right. This is what it is. I pray to God they don't go back and change it again in two years. Right. But that is it. It actually works out perfectly. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's what they end up doing. Right. Of course, we have to see who's going to actually be in charge. Right. Yep. Coming forward. Agreed. <laughs> all right, my friend. There you go. That's all the news we got to talk about. Crazy week, Stephen. Crazy week. Again, two crazy weeks for us as far as news is concerned. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of lot of lot of wildness going on. A lot on. of it very corporate. Oh yeah. Unfortunately. Which is not promising. No. <laughs> All right, my friend. Until next time. Viva la Revolution. <laughs>